So I have three kids, uh, two are six, one is nine, and they love to not watch where they're walking. Um, just the other day, we we're walking around our block, and my oldest, Eli, something's going on over in the garage in someone's house, and he just veers over and walks right in front of me, steps on the back of Heidi's ankle, trips her, and I, and I don't know how many times I'm like, dude, watch where you are walking. There's other people here, you know? He hadn't listened yet. Um, and airports are the worst. You know, there's candy stores, there's bookstores, and they smell things and want to stop and eat, and it's like herding cats through a terminal, and they're just zigzagging back and forth, one side to the other, right? There's even times where they would just stop right in front of you, and you would just plow into them. I don't know if you had children, but that's what they do. And as disciples, we're really not too different, right? In the Christian walk, we're trying to walk straight, but there's all these things to the side that pull our attention, right? There's the candy stores that look good to the eye, right? Candy store. And then there's the bookstores or whatever. There's all these things. And in life, not just with this pleasures are pulling us to the side, there's also the worries that have us zigzagging back and forth. And there's even times when a trial hits you so hard, it just stops you in your tracks. This morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28. 29 and 30, just three verses. They're very well-known verses. In these verses, we not only see that Jesus invites people into a relationship with them, but he also wants to teach them how they can walk in complete devotion to him and thereby overcoming and finding rest in the things in life that are pulling us back and forth, the things that are making us zigzag when we should be walking straight. You know, last night I talked about Shamgar and how although he lacked the things that we in the world would say you might need to be successful, we saw that actually it didn't matter, that God also used him to save Israel. That in spite of the scarcity of his skills or whatever you want to say, God still used him. And we too, regardless of the scarcity of our skills, uh, lack of connections, maybe we have some waning confidence, uh, whatever it may be that we look at ourselves and say, well, this isn't good enough. Whatever that is, God still wants to use us to do great things. And I know he desperately wants to. Ephesians 2.10 says that he's created all of us, right, for good works. And he has already put these good works out before us to walk in. So he's ready. He's like, let's go. He wants to use all of us, regardless of where we come from, regardless of what we think we have to offer, what we don't have to offer. But walking is not easy, you know, especially for me. I know when I walk, it looks like I got hit by a dump truck because I limp so much. But similarly, as disciples, when we're trying to walk straight with Jesus, it can be difficult at times. So let's look what Jesus has to teach us. Verse 28 it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So this is like a summary statement or kind of an overview of what he's about to dig into in the next two verses. And notice, he says, come to me all, and it's not really all, is it? It's all who are heavy laden, all who are overwhelmed, all who are burdened, all who are weary and heavy laden. And it doesn't mean that, not, that all are not welcome. Of course, all are welcome. But what he's saying here in the context is, if you go back a few verses, like starting in verse 25, 
he's saying the ones who he reveals the Father to aren't the chosen. These aren't Calvinistic verses. What he's saying is those who he reveals the Father to are those who are ready, those who are receptive, those who are humble, not the arrogant, not the hard-hearted. And so he's inviting those who are ready, those who are receptive. And Matthew expands on this in Jesus' teaching in chapter 13 when he talks about the soils, right? There's the sower and the soils, and the soils that are most productive are the ones who are most receptive to the word. So he's just saying those who are most receptive, he's inviting them. And so we see the invitation come and the offer is rest. Verse 29, Jesus is now going to expand on this invitation and how a person finds rest in him. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. So coming to Jesus is always done in faith. When we come to Jesus, it's always done in faith. And it's just understood here in the context. So a person comes to Jesus in faith, and that person then, by faith, takes Jesus' yoke upon himself. And yoke is a metaphor here for his teaching. Yoke is referred to a rabbi's teaching in the day. And it's because... um, the, the yoke metaphor is that back then there'd be, say, a young, untrained ox. And, and I don't know if this is still a thing. I've never had a cow or cattle, so I don't know. But what they would do then is they would have an untrained ox, and they would yoke them to a bigger, stronger ox, right? And so as they started moving, that younger one would want to pull to the side, right? Wants to do its own thing. Wants to go its own way, its own direction. But by being tied to the bigger and stronger ox, it would just pull it back in line. As they walk, he'd jerk them back in line, get them back, redirected back, going the direction he's supposed to go. A few months back, our family was walking through the Atlanta airport, and I had my two girls, they had backpacks, so I had them by those hooks, you know, on the top of their bag, and we're walking, and one pulls that way. She saw suckers or something, and then, nope, redirect them. Other one pulled the other one back in line. She smelt something, and now she's hungry. Or um, the other one's like, "I want a smoothie," and I'm like, "They don't even serve smoothies there." Come on. And what I noticed was, after doing this and gently correcting them back on course, what I noticed was that they began to walk in step with me. And the longer we walked together, the more they walked in step with me. And the process of the the untrained ox with the old and mature ox continued until that ox learned to walk in step with the mature ox. Jesus just doesn't want us to come to him. He wants us to come, take his yoke, and learn to walk in step with him. Jesus wants us to learn to walk in step with him. And he knows he's been here. He knows life is difficult, and there's all kinds of things that's going to grab our attention things that are going to fight for our heart's desires and pull us to the side. But he's there to gently and humbly correct us back in line with him. Uh, But Jesus knows that we will never overcome these things that are pulling us. We'll never find rest in these things if we don't first learn to walk in step with him. And walking in step with him requires complete devotion. It requires complete devotion. A serious disciple is not one who's looking around, a serious disciple is one who's given complete devotion, is holding completely given to the task of watching Jesus' feet and walking in step, matching step for step with Jesus. Their eyes are not off looking at the pretty girls. Their eyes are not given to scrolling images on their phone. 
They're not half-hearted disciples who are here all in on Sunday and then gone on Monday. A disciple who's completely devoted also understands that things happen. Scary things pop up in life, things that can easily overwhelm us, and that's not a time to unhitch ourselves from Jesus. It's not a time to say, I can do this on my own. A serious disciple who's completely devoted to walking in step with Jesus knows that no matter what is going on around him, Jesus is the one to lead him through it. And honestly, there's times in life when you won't know if you can take two steps. And so learning to take one step at a time is key. And so we learn to walk in step with Jesus one step at a time. We take his joke. We learn from him. We learn to walk in step with him. And this learning to walk in step with him requires complete devotion of us. Not half-hearted devotion. Complete devotion to match every step with his step. So our first principle today, I talked about we're going to have two principles. I'm going to give you two statements. Our first principle this morning is completely devoted. If we want to be used by God, regardless of what we lack, regardless of what we have to offer, um, if we want to be used like Shamgar, if we want to be used like Bobby Richardson, we need to be available, yes, but we also need to be all in. We need to be devoted to learning to walk in step as Jesus walked. And so being completely devoted, we naturally learn from Christ. Now, when the ox learn to better walk in step with the mature ox, what happens is they start walking together, right? They're plowing together. They're serving together. And as we learn to walk more in step with Jesus, what we're doing is we're learning to serve with him. We're learning to serve alongside Jesus. Now, serving alongside Jesus is difficult physically, and it's difficult emotionally. Because when you're serving with Jesus, naturally you're serving other people. And serving other people is hard. It, is, it, it, will, it will deplete you physically sometimes, and it will fatigue you emotionally at times. When I was in college, my sophomore year at OSU, I was asleep. It was about 3 in the morning, and there's just banging on the door, and I jump out of bed, and... Um, at my door is my friend from freshman year of high school. We've been friends all through these years, and he's hysterical. I calm him down. Turns out his girlfriend of like four years, he caught cheating on him, right? So I get dressed. We go to his apartment, and I just stayed up with him all night while he cried and threw up. You just cry and throw up and cry, and that's just what you do when your whole world is turned upside down. And the future you thought you were going to have is completely ruined. And that was hard physically because I probably did not go to bed early that night in college. And I had class all day. But I still made a point to be there for him, to serve him, because serving Jesus is serving others. So serving alongside with Jesus can be difficult physically, but emotionally also. There is such a thing as compassion fatigue. And compassion fatigue is when we're giving so much to someone, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a friend, Whoever it is, we're there for that person constantly, it feels like, just giving them compassion. But maybe they're not giving it back, or maybe someone is not giving it to us, and so we can get worn out easily. If we're going to be giving compassion to people, we need to make sure we have people in our lives who are pouring compassion into us, or we're going to suffer burnout. And it's not, compassion fatigue isn't that you don't care. You want to care. You just can't. You're just spent emotionally. And that can happen as we're serving alongside Jesus and serving others. So serving alongside Jesus can be physically, 
and emotionally taxing, but it's never difficult spiritually. When we're serving alongside Jesus spiritually, we're in that sweet spot. And, and that is where we find rest. So we learn from Christ, we serve with Christ, and in doing so, we begin to discover or find rest in Christ. Look at the end of verse 29. And you will find rest for your souls. And the word for find is hurisco, which is eureka. That's where we get the word eureka. I found it. And so as we walk in step with Jesus and serve alongside, we begin to experience the rest he has. And verse 30 explains how it's possible we experience this rest. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when they would train, put the, the younger ox with the older ox, what they would do is they'd put the burden of that yoke on the bigger, stronger ox. That way, the younger ox wouldn't burn out. He wouldn't give up and just fall down. He would keep going because the older, mature, stronger ox was carrying the load. Jesus never says, you won't carry a load. He's just going to be the one carrying the load of it. So no matter what you're going through, no matter how confusing, no matter how scary, no matter how frustrating, no matter how heavy the load, he's carrying the load of it. He's got you. He's with there right alongside you. And in, in this moment when, when we're doing this, that's, this is when we discover his rest. He's with us. He's got us regardless of what is going on, regardless of what direction we're going in. So no matter how physically depleted we are, no matter how com compassion fatigued we are, it is never difficult spiritually to walk in step with Jesus to serve with Jesus, because that's where we find that spiritual rest. If you're looking for the rest or that refreshment, it's already yours in Christ. It's already yours. If you're not experiencing that rest, chances are Jesus is inviting you to walk in a greater dependence and greater devotion to him. You will not discover this rest on your own. You will not unearth it on your own while you live for yourself, devoting yourself to yourself. It's only when we practice that discipline of complete devotion to him, to walking in step with him, to serving alongside of him, that we discover his rest. And it's, it's in this, and we, and we say to ourselves, every step I take, I must take in step with him. Every step I take, I must take with him. And to make every step we take one with him, again, requires complete devotion. There's no half-hearted devotion, no looking to the sides, no resenting the pace or the stride or the direction that the one we are yoked to is taking us, but a single-minded, wholehearted devotion to making sure regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our directions, we are walking in step with Jesus. This is all good and sounds easy, right? But as men, we are the kings of compartmentalizing, right? I, don't, I mean, I, I'm pretty good at it. Um, we have compartments for work. We have compartments for home. We have compartments for spouse, compartment for kid, compartment for the weekend. We even have a compartment for sin. And Jesus doesn't want to be confined to a compartment. He wants to define all of your compartments. He wants to be the preeminent one of every compartment in your life. And so what we have to do is learn to walk in step with Jesus regardless of what compartment we're putting ourselves into 
throughout our day, throughout our week, or throughout our weekend, or whatever it is. Jesus wants to be the preeminent one of each compartment. So a quick story about how I've applied this to my life, and then we'll finish up this session. A couple, well, it's been a while since I wrote this, uh, maybe a month ago, two months ago, I was at an event one evening. And a guy came up to me, and I kind of know the guy, not really. He comes up to me, and he just starts saying all kinds of horrible things, <laughs> like terrible stuff, like the kind of stuff that like, makes your stomach just, like you want to throw up, and like the kind of things that you want to punch him in the face. And he, he was drinking, and so his brain was on loop. And so the terrible things just kept coming. And finally I was like, enough is enough. So I, you know, I spoke some truth to him because walking in step with Jesus means you can never punch a guy in the face. And so, <laughs> so later that night, though, now my brain's on loop. I'm laying in bed, and now everything he was saying is just running through my head. And I'm feeling terrible about myself. And... And I'm trying to walk with Jesus in this. I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I find rest right now? I can't find physical rest to go to sleep, and my spirit is all upset, you know? Um, so I'm praying in bed. I'm like, I want to walk in step with you, Jesus. I want to experience your rest. I'm about to teach on this in a month or two. I need to figure this out. When I go to bed, I wake up. I come here the next day. It's Sunday. I don't just show up here. Um, so it's Sunday. <laughs> And I come in, and, and Garrett's doing the music, and I don't sing. I just sit there, and I'm praying because I'm not feeling any better. And I'm still saying the same thing. Like, I want to walk in step with you through this. You know, I want to, to experience your rest in the midst of, of this. And what I noticed was it was just, just wanting to walk in step with him. I was walking in step with him, just wanting to be in step with him, was walking in step with him. And I began to experience that rest. And, and, and God used the conversation with Charlene. She didn't even know, but God used that as well. And by the time church was over, I was good. I had already forgiven the guy. Um, I, didn't, I didn't care anymore because I was reminded that walking in step with Jesus is bigger and better than any dumb thing a person can say to you, Right? And so I forgave the guy right then. And, and I forgave him because walking in step with Jesus is bigger and better than any grudge you can hold against a person. And so then by the time he contacted me later that, that day and, came, and he apologized, I was like, man, it's all right. I already forgive you. Obviously, you can't talk like that. You probably shouldn't drink as much, but um, we're good because I've got bigger and better things to do with my life than worry about haters, and so do you. And so we learn from Christ, we serve with Christ, and in doing so, we find rest in Christ. But it starts with your complete devotion to Christ. That sounded really good, so I'm going to say that again. We learn from Christ. We serve with Christ. And in doing so, we find rest in Christ but it starts with your complete devotion to walking in step with Christ. Um, just some questions for application. No one needs to raise their hand. <laughs> just internalize this. How are we doing? 
First question is, how devoted are we? Maybe in this compartment, we're super devoted, right? Family, we're there. Maybe not so much at work. Maybe we're really devoted with our kids, not so much with our wives, or vice versa. Maybe we're completely devoted on Sunday morning. Saturday night, not so much, right? Like I said, Jesus doesn't want to be confined to any compartment. He wants to define all of your compartments. He wants to be the preeminent one of each compartment of your life. So how devoted are we? What has more of your heart would be another way. What has your attention? Is it sports, a sports team? Is it politics? That's about to rev up, yay. Is it, um, is it food? Is it alcohol? Is it gaming? Um, is it a grudge? Does a grudge have more of your attention than Jesus? Does a person who has said something or done something to hurt you, does that person have more of your attention than the person of Jesus? And after we identify what it might be that's distracting us, that's pulling us one way or the other, after we decide or define what it is that has us zigzagging in the Christian life instead of just walking straight in step with Jesus, then we need to ask ourselves, is there one, two, or three steps I can take? One, two, or three changes I can make to deal with the distraction in order to give greater devotion to Jesus? So that's your homework. Is there, after you just... Maybe throughout your day, think, you know what? This compartment of my life, Jesus really isn't number one. Why is he not number one? Define it, figure out why he's not, and then come up with one, two, or three steps to deal with that distraction so you can give a greater devotion to Jesus. So as we, compl- as we close, I don't know how to do this. There we go. First principle completely devoted. We want to be completely devoted disciples so that way we can be used like Shamgar, like Bobby Richardson to do great things. And the statement that I, that I, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can make up your own statement. But for me, this is what I think of. Every step I take, I must take a step with him. I thought this just the other day. Me and my wife were like, and I'm walking out the door with Eli. And I'm like, I'm not walking in step right now. I'm not walking in step with Jesus. And I remind myself, Eric, every step you take, you have to take with him. And that's what it looks like in my mind to give complete devotion to Jesus.